TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. And now, the artist still known as Bradfoe with the radio version of his daily Odyssey podcast, Baseball Isn't Boring. Baseball isn't boring. Baseball's not boring to me. Baseball is not boring. It's not boring on a podcast, and it's damn sure not boring on the radio. And either way, it's streaming on the Odyssey app. It's Radio B.I.B. on WEEI. All right, let's go. Let's go. Baseball isn't boring every single Saturday here in WEI, the Red Sox broadcast network. I appreciate everybody who has listened all throughout the years, and this is an evolution. It is a dawning of a new day. Baseball isn't boring. You may know baseball isn't boring from the podcast, from the t-shirts. Every single day we do the podcast. Every single day. Day it's baseballs and boring podcast with a ton of guests and now the powers that be they have been so kind and seen the value of let's talk baseball let's go the Patriots stink we can only talk about quarterbacks for uh, I don't know I mean how many hours in the week all but three hours in the week it's time to talk about the great game of baseball and in particular the Boston Red Sox and there's no no better time or place to do that than right now right here. I'm Rob Bradford, Joe Braverman. Joe, everybody, say hi. Say hi to the What folks. is going on, Bradford? Uh, I'm so excited to be oh here. Oh, my goodness. You you are a baseball guy, so I'm so excited. I am proudly wearing my Baseball Isn't Boring t-shirt. Are you really? I re- Yes, I am. I totally planned it. All right. Well, take a photo, uh, tweet it out, or whatever, exit out, whatever you do. So put it on the socials. And if you want to get those Baseball Isn't Boring, the, the news of the week, let's be honest, Joe, the news of the week was Joe Kelly wearing a Baseball Isn't Boring in Japanese t-shirt in Dodgers camp. I know Beyonce and- couldn't break social media on Sunday, but Joe <laughs> Kelly did. Oh, my post. goodness. And I tell you what, so just a little backstory about what's going on. Like we said, every single week we're going to be on this platform, on this show, uh, usually from 12 to 3. Once the game start, obviously we're going to have to adjust a little bit, perhaps, but we'll be on. Last year it was a, a smattering of this, a smattering of that. We're digging deep. We're going all in when it comes to the great game of baseball in this conversation. These shows, I've always said, these are the easiest shows to do. The podcasts are easy to do, too. The I, Podcasts are great because you just talk. You literally just roll it out there, you talk. And, and for instance, I just did one with Rich Hill. Rich Hill, you may know him from one of the 14 teams, including the Red Sox, also Massachusetts native. And Rich was came on, and he just went scorched earth on MLB about the uniforms, the new uniforms, how cheap they are. But I'm telling you, it was like 20 minutes of scorched earth, Rich Hill talking about baseball uniforms. What's better than that? I mean, it's, it's passion. It's like we're not just recycling the same stuff over and over and over again. The great thing about baseball starting now and having this show now is that there's so much to talk about because it hasn't been talked about. And I get it. The easy narrative. And we'll talk about this. And if you want to call and you want to get your frustrations out or you want to talk about a particular thing when it comes to baseball, fine. 617-779-7937. If you want to do that, absolutely. Let's go. And I know that we have the regulars. Jeff in Watertown and Allison, they're all call. But if you want to do that, this is your chance to do it. It's fine. But as we sit here right now, besides the sad trombone, which is the Red Sox offseason, besides the obvious why haven't they signed all these players, there is a lot to talk about. We can talk about like the all these uniforms, and they're awful. I, I just saw them in person. They're awful. They're awful. We also, there's a trade. 
What they must have t- known you were coming on the air. Well, I'm going to say this, and this is what I'm talking about, Joe. A little bit of backstory. So, the spring training uh, is a very early day. So the clubhouse opens from eight to eight forty-five. So in that time period, I tried to make tried to make the most of that I could, and th- I, I did an interview. Uh, it's about what is it, Joe? About fourteen minutes with Trevor Story, and we're going to play that. I think we're going to play that about one o'clock. So what I wanted to ask him about was a, a fascinating topic for me, which is who the heck is going to be the leader in this clubhouse? Justin Turner was undeniably the leader last year. Who the heck is going to be the leader? And Trevor Story is absolutely the guy who is making an effort to be that guy, be the definitive guy. He's also the guy that actually has made an all-star team on this team. So you have that dynamic. What is that like? And he was awesome. And he is awesome when you're going to listen to it. And also, we talk about another bit of news that just happened yesterday which is Xander Bogarts is now a second baseman. So who better to talk besides Xander Bogarts, who better to talk about this dynamic than the guy that Xander Bogarts forced to second base? And that was Trevor Story. Trevor Story talks about that. So we're going to play that interview about 1 o'clock. So we have that clubhouse. We have all that access. I get in there, and I'm going to tell you, and maybe we'll have some writers on today to sort of back me up on this. I've never, ever been in a Red Sox clubhouse that's like this. Never. And that doesn't mean they won't win games. I don't know. I mean, again, you don't win, win the season by winning the offseason. But the dynamic of this clubhouse, of this scene, is unlike anything that I've ever seen. You go in there, and typically when you walk in, the row of position players, so the position players are on the left, the pitchers are on the right of the clubhouse. Position players, you have the row. And it was always like, okay, Ortiz, you has two lockers. Bogarts is there. Mookie Betts is there. Pedroia was there. All of that. And now, and this isn't a slight to them, but it's just to show like how things have changed. It goes Devers, Story, Dahlbeck, O'Neal, um, Pablo, uh, Ref Snyder, Pablo Reyes. Like that is, we can say dot, 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 that is absolutely different. That is a different, different scene. So we get in there. So you have the clubhouse from 8 to about 8.45. We do that. Then you're milling around. I run into the Netflix people. Now, I hadn't talked to the Netflix people. Very nice people. And I think everybody's easing into this Netflix documentary with the Red Sox about access and how this is going and, and you know, how people might feel comfortable, uncomfortable, whatever. But very nice people. And if nothing else, I, I'm going to look forward to talking with them because I didn't realize that the director who's doing this one did Last Chance You, and if anyone's ever seen Last Chance You, holy mackerel, it's like you'll never look at Juco Sports the same way again. Did the cheer one, did the wrestling one. But go back and watch those. It, it's timely because of all the dynasty talk. I watched an episode and a half of that last night, the Patriots, and I know that Ken and Curtis talked a ton about it and all the shows talked a ton about it, and it'll be the, the gift that keeps on giving. But it is interesting to sort of juxtapose the, that dynasty one, that that documentary compared to maybe what this will be and how this is going to shake out. Not apples to apples. Absolutely not apples to apples. But anyway, it was great to be introduced to those guys. And, and if nothing else, I want to l- learn how crazy those cheerleading people and the Juco people were in those Netflix series. All right. So I go through the backfields. I see Cora. I talk to him about his running program. He's, his um, fiance is doing the, the Boston Marathon. Uh, we talk about some other stuff. He's in good shape. Good for him. Best shape of his life. Best shape of his life. His best shape of his life season. Talk to him for a while. Go out to the fields. Talk to some players. Uh, talk to Breslow for a little bit. And then, uh, and then, uh, but now we're getting up until the time where I have to come up to the JetBlue Park. The JetBlue Park broadcast booth. I don't know what we're going to call this. The, I think that, if nothing, it's a Joe Castiglione booth in Fenway. So I guess it would be the Joe Castiglione booth at JetBlue Park. And Joe is somewhere around here riding his bike throughout the streets of Fort Myers. But until the game start, he can do, do anything he wants because I don't know if you know this, Joe Castiglione, Hall of Famer. All right. So you have, I come up here. So just as I'm walking up here, just as I'm walking up here, the Red Sox make a trade. The Red Sox make a trade. Like, please, can you time this out worse? I'm, I'm busy giving out T-shirts. I'm busy out talking to people. I do everything I can. I'm doing interviews. 
I'm doing everything I can to squeeze out as much as I can before I have to come up and do this awesome baseballs and boring show from 12 to 3. And then the timing of it, boom, there it is. They make a trade. And the trade is, in case you missed it, John Schreiber, relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, the guy who will forever be known as 8 Mile. Uh, I have offered him the opportunity to come on. He's always been great about coming on the show uh, and perhaps say a farewell to the Boston fans. He has been traded to Kansas City for a gentleman by the name of David Sandlin. David Sandlin, so if for those people who are following the Red Sox who are saying, what are we doing? Why are we planning for 2027? You're not going to be happy with this one. You're just not. So David Sandlin is a 22-year-old pitcher. Right-hander, and obviously I am reading directly off the baseball reference page. I am not familiar with David Sandlin before I uh, took a deep dive into Google, the Google machine here. 6'4", 215 pounds, 11th round pick in the 2022 uh, um, draft, University of Oklahoma, so he was a college guy. Now, highest level that he's played at, high A Quad Cities last year. He got promoted. He's only made two starts. He's a starter. He's a starter. Four five zero ERA in two starts. But the primarily uh, in the course of last year, he was at Single A Columbia, and he had twelve starts, three three eight ERA in his time in his brief time in professional baseball has done pretty well. But once again, I don't know if you heard me the first time. The highest level that he has pitched is high A. So when you're looking at Fixing or, or getting excited about what potentially might be on the field for the Boston Red Sox in 2024, this was not one of them. This was not a case of, of hey, yeah, let's go. We're all in. We are like Aaron Boone said. Full like, throttle, baby. No, well, not for, forget about full throttle, Joe. <laughs> Aaron Boone was like, what he said? We're hell bent. We're hell bent. We're hell bent. And as I wrote, I wrote the other day for WEI.com, how can you not that whatever day that was Thursday or Wednesday, how can you not juxtapose Aaron Boone saying we're hell bent on winning a championship to compare to the first few days of the Red Sox uh, spring training where you had, yeah, the offseason didn't work out that well or as well as we thought it would for like Craig Breslow saying that and the Kenley Jansen being asked, do you think you're a playoff team and him saying, Oh, um, you never know. You never know. So anyway, how can you not? So the, the narratives are completely different where you have Juan Soto, you have Alex Verdugo, you have Marcus Stroman, you have Brian Cashman going out there and saying we were an absolute finest. It came down to us and the Dodgers for Yamamoto. Believe me, the Red Sox were not in that club. They were not invited back into that room of the Yamamoto negotiations. So all of that, all of that, you know, it is completely different. And right now I'm looking out here, and it's an open house at JetBlue Park. They have moon bounces in, in the outfield. But this is the first day of school vacation. And some of the writers and I were talking about this, where if you want to go back about how the first day of school vacation was down at Red Sox Spring Training compared to what it is now, it is night and day. Night and day. Last, I remember back then, School vacation was packed. It was a scene. You had vendors all over the place. You had a Nesson stage in the middle of the entire scene, and you're running people out. And now, i got to be honest with you, like it's, I don't know what the headcount is. It's a little bit more because it's, it's this day where they invite the community to come out. Like I said, they, you get a moon bounce in a baseball park. It's like gold. Let's go. But this – there's a fraction of the people coming out here. And that's how it's going to be. It, does this mean they're going to win? Does this mean they're going to lose? No. But it does paint the picture of the difference when it comes to where this organization is now, the roster, how the roster is now. Um, and I think the Schreiber trade was the latest example of this. All right, I want to remind everybody, 617-779-7937. I'm going to try to set the scene for you of what we got coming up. 
We have at 1230, we have Red Sox hitting coach Pete Fatsy. So I always like talking to Pete. And if you have any questions for him, let me know. Uh, hit me up at, on Twitter slash X at Bradfoe. If you have any, any questions at all. And not like, hey, why do you hit your suck so much? Why, why can't you get Xander Bogats? Why do you get Mookie Betts? Like legitimate questions if you have for him. But he's always pretty honest and insightful. So that's why I wanted to have him on at 1230. As I said, Trevor Story at 1 o'clock. Trevor's story is, uh, you're going to want to listen to this one. It's really, really good. And then we're going to have the play Tessie guys. You may know that the most, the, the, the most, I wouldn't say the most popular, but the, the, the podcast, the Red Sox podcast, the Red Sox podcast, obviously baseball is a boring podcast. It's a whole nother level, but the Red Sox podcast that has the most momentum heading into spring training, not even close play Tessie, the play Tessie guys are going to be joining uh, when it comes to the, uh, let's see, the 2 o'clock hour. So we get a lot going on. And and uh, I also may have a, a player to call in as well. There's a lot going on. The Red Sox have made a trade. They've traded John Schreiber. we got to get to that. we got to figure out exactly what that means because it does mean something in terms of the rest of the roster. There's no question about it. I'm Rob Bradford. We're going to get to all the calls after the break, but right now we're going to trend with Joe Braverman. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Alright, let's go. Let's go. Baseball's boring. Show terrestrial version you can get the podcast please subscribe to the podcast baseball boring every single day the guests keep coming all-stars gms managers owners commissioners the whole ball of wax i'm rob bradford we're gonna be doing the show every single saturday talking about the great game of baseball and there's plenty of talk to about every day every single week uh and we also uh are very timely when it comes to this show because we do the show, and boom, the Red Sox make a trade. We're going to get to that trade in a little bit, but first we have a guest. We have our first ever guest on the Baseballs and Boring radio show, uh, I believe. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, it's Pete Fatsy of the hitting coach of the Boston Red Pete Fatsy, hitting coach of the Boston Red Sox. Oh, my goodness. What an honor for you. Holy mackerel. <laughs> Hey Rob, how are you, man? Uh, I I am great. I am great. Uh, thanks for taking a couple minutes. You are probably about 500 yards from where I'm talking. You are working hard back in the back cages. Where are you calling from right now? Where is this? Where's you? You nailed it. it I am literally standing in front of the batting cages right now. Okay, so um, there's how 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 is the new contraptions going? How how is it? How is it? This is a, this is a, an easy answer or a very broad answer or question, but when you teach these young minds when it comes to hitting in the in the cages at spring training in Fort Myers this year compared to when you first started the hitting coach, what is the biggest differences? I think I think the first part is understanding where players are coming from. A lot of guys are being exposed to kind of high-level competitive reps at younger ages. I mean, when I was coming up, it was pretty rare to hit off a pitching machine in general, right? And now we have tons of different machines. We actually have some different different simulators. So, like, our hitters coming up to the minor leagues and even from other organizations are just used to practicing at a certain level. So I think for us, jumping into more game speed reps is kind of commonplace, right? So we can take things that we're working on, whether it's mechanics or approach, and we can apply them to more game-simulated environments. 
just quicker. So I think that's probably the biggest change that I've seen. Well, you know, and we, we got some other stuff to talk about, but the game simulated environments, we had, uh, you know, behind the scenes, we had talked about the, I don't even know what the contraption is. What is the contraption where the pitcher, you have the video of the pitcher? Yeah, traject. Yep. Traject. So the thing that costs 800 yep. grand or whatever it is. And so, <laughs> but everybody says this thing is awesome. It's not like going to the carnival and seeing a, uh, a here's, a, here's an image, here's the video of the pitcher. This the actual pitcher, you can dial up any pitcher, you can dial up what he throws, you can, you can tweak it, this and that and this. I have a question about that. Like, is that, how much of a game changer is that? I don't think people un- fully understand what this thing is in terms of actually simulating a pitcher throwing to a major league hitter. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, one of the pillars of, of hitting really is timing. Right. And I think when you start to be able to, you know, challenge timing in a way that's productive, I think that, you know, that ultimately gives the hitter a really, a realistic look, right. Like we do a bunch of other drills that kind of will target that, but I think this gives number one, the, the best timing visual you could ask for. Um, and then also, I also think because it's so flexible, we could change pitch types, locations, things like that, handedness pretty quickly. It allows us to kind of, if we want to target a specific area for a player, it, it doesn't take a whole lot of manual labor to do that. Right? It's a couple clicks and then, you know, on the screen there's a lefty or on the screen there's a righty or it's a four seam with ride or it's a sinker. So it allows us, allows us kind of some flexibility within the work. And that's, you know, that's ultimately what we're after, like efficiency. So especially in spring, spring training with so many bodies, um, but it's great. A lot of guys, I mean, guys are in there right now getting some reps, too. Oh, so my goodness. It's, it's, it's amazing. Resource. It's amazing. And, yeah. and, 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 yeah. talk, and this is the last time thing I'll talk about with this is that, is, <laughs> is, you know, we talked about Matt Strom came in the podcast, and he was all riled up because this year they're going to allow you guys to use this in-game. And people say, oh, we're getting wonky and you're in the weeds. But people have to understand that this is a great thing for hitters. It's a great thing for hitters in the game. And tell me if I'm wrong with this. In the game – you're going to be able to – a pitcher's coming in, uh, or, or you know this reliever's coming in. You're able to dial him up, and you're able to say, okay, this is what I'm expecting him to throw me, and then there you go. Whereas before it wasn't allowed, this year it's going to be allowed, right? Yeah, so, I mean, to my knowledge, we're going to be able to use it in games. Um, how we'd used it in the past was kind of just how you described it. We used it uh, either for the starter, but we, a lot of our guys coming off the bench, we'd prioritize kind of after BP, and it was good for them to get a look like maybe a featured pitch that we thought they'd see or maybe something the pitcher was leveraging themselves. But, you know, having the ability to use it in game for me, it's just, yeah, I mean, we can take that practice and actually apply it a little bit closer to game time. So I, I just think in general for us, it's, it's another tool like anything else, but this is the most realistic look you're going to have before you get in the box. All right, Pete Fassi, hitting coach for the Boston Red Sox on the Harbor One Hotline. And Pete, uh, a lot has been made about Craig Breslow coming in and sort of overhauling a lot of the, the, the pitching programs. There's a lot of new bodies. I don't think I've, I've asked or heard other people ask you, like how in this new regime has anything changed? Maybe it hasn't changed. I don't know. But what has changed this, this year with some of these new uh, ideas? Yeah, I think the first the, the where it starts for me is the communication's been has been fantastic, right? I think that stems obviously from Craig and his team and the front office down to the coaching staff and ultimately how we you know translate that message to the player and and getting actionable results from the players. Obviously, that's the most important thing. But that communication has been the priority for us. So obviously, I think you know, I think our group uh, we've done some things really well. I think obviously there's areas of improvement and we look to kind of tweak our program every year based off of you know things from the year prior, but. I think the the one thing that we've really turned up is just our structure with how we communicate with players, everything from uh, goals and expectations to how we're going to, um, you know, I don't want to say train, but I guess train those guys to maximize what they're working on. So I think it's more about streamlining the processes and just really hammering home communication um, and, and, and making sure those lines are open. I'm glad you said that because it leads you to sort of something else I want to talk about. Uh, I talked to Trevor's story today about leadership and mm-hmm. – um, and, you know, there's leadership in the clubhouse, there's leadership in the hitting cages as well. And, and you know, everybody's different. J.D. Martinez was certainly, uh, certainly unique when it came to trying to, to, to help and try to educate or try to offer his opinion on things. And there's been other guys, and Justin Turner had his way of doing things. This time around, who is, who is really sort of, when he gets in the hitting cage, it's like, man, like, let's, let's go. Let's talk hitting. Let's, let's tweak this. Let's tweak that. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Because there's always a couple of those guys, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the beauty of our sport, right, is you have a bunch of, you know, every night you got nine individuals going in there, and obviously we have our collective group approach, but there's almost nine ways of doing it, right? So I think, you know, one of the things that this group's done, and this started with Tim Hires before I got here, was creating that group, that environment where sharing those ideas and, and trying things and, and, you know, and being open about that sort of stuff. Like, I think that's what's led to a lot of the group success. I think, like, looking at this year, I mean, leadership comes in different forms. You have your guys that are more vocal. I mean, I thought JT was amazing last year for us. Just just being willing to have conversation. He was the same guy every day. Um, really enjoyed the dialogue. The challenge guys, you know, obviously JD with his work ethic and the way he, you know, thought about the swing. I mean, he was able to do a number of different things, not only, you know, himself, but also other players on the roster. Um, then you have guys like, you know, like a Raphael Devers, who, you know, Rafi just – he posts every day. And, I mean, when you see him work, he's in the cage, he works hard, and then he gets out and he, he's ready to play every day. So I think leadership comes in different forms. For me, obviously, I'm going to lean on the guys that have been here. And then ultimately, some of the, you know, some of the newcomers, right? Like, I mean, uh, Tyler O'Neill. I mean, learn, he's a guy that's been around the league, got MVP votes in 21, like leaning on him, Rob Refschneider, leaning on him and his expertise, what he's seen. I think there's a variety of ways guys can help build this group. And, um, we're going to be leveraging each one, each and every one of those guys. All right, Pete Fatsy with us, hitting coach for the Boston Red Sox. Just a couple more questions, Pete. And, and yeah. one of them is, is who is the guy? Who is the guy that sort of stepped up this year, maybe um, feeling a little bit better about like his lot in life or, or maybe that you just weren't exposed to him as much? But who is the guy that is, sort of seems really, really enthusiastic, I guess, about the, uh, the great art of hitting? With the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very excited with our catching tandem. I think, obviously, you know, Reese has been down here for uh, about a month prior to camp. He's really done a great job with his body and, and kind of, um, you know, pushing to, to make some gains there. And his swing looks really good. Connor Wong, too, I think, you know, I'm, I think he's another guy I'm looking for taking just another, with the experience he had last year, taking another step forward. Um, again, another guy that we created a plan in November, and we've been just hammering that thing ever since. And for me, um, he's just been so disciplined and, and, and he's looked great, you know, in the early going here. I'm really excited about the catching tandem. And then, um, you know, like I said, getting some of these, to be honest, getting some of these new guys, you know, watching Vaughn work and T.O. work and um, some of the others we've brought in this year has been really exciting too. Um, I'm really excited to see what they can do. Have you seen Tyler O'Neill in a baseballs and boring t-shirt yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. It'd be sleeveless if he has one. Um, well, listen, it's it's as as someone who owns one and and, and knows the benefits that it gives you their triceps. Um, yes, yeah, he, yeah. We, it's it's like an NIL deal now with Tyler O'Neill. I think we are we are officially hiring him to just walk around in sleeveless baseballs and point shirts. Nice. I, I mean, he must Very be. Cool. He's a unique guy, right? Though, I mean, to have the the nine hundred OPS a couple of years ago. And and to have sort of like, I mean, when you see it, man, it is crazy. Obviously, his dad is a bodybuilder, and we know like he's jacked yep. and everything. But I don't know if you've ever like been the hitting coach for someone so huge. I, I mean, honest, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, so I coached a guy when I was a coordinator with the Twins, Ben Rortvet, another super physical guy. Took great care of his body, um, tons of lean muscle mass, and he moved extremely well. Was like almost hypermobile and. It's funny, you watch T.O., he's obviously a very physical guy, like the physique, but watch him throw and just kind of watch him swing. He has the mobility to get into a lot of, like, really good positions. Um, and, you know, that's something you would think maybe a guy that size, like, lacks mobility. Just You know, you just watch him throw, watch him kind of run, watch him swing. It's, it's fluid. So it's not choppy, which is uh, obviously it's important to me, you know, being a skill coach. Um, but that's something I noticed kind of day one. Well, what went what for him? What went wrong? Like, what went wrong? What for? And I'm sure you guys talked about. Okay, let's get back to 2021. But what went wrong for him? Yeah, I think the first and foremost is you got to acknowledge health, right? I mean, yeah. it just got got to got to be able to stay on the field. When he's on the field, he's a dynamic player. I think the other thing too is there's some adjustments within the swing that he had made. Um, kind of got out of some athletic positions that I thought were probably going to be advantageous. He's already kind of back to those things, similar to how he was in 21 and. You know, the combination of for when he's doing those things, he's obviously doing a lot of damage um, in the air. So for me, I think there's some style components to his swing. And it, but at the end of the day, it's driven by health, right? Making mm -hmm. sure he's in a position to be on the field as much as possible.
Best, of, is, best ability is durability. So. He, is, he is in the best shape of his life. There's no question about that. He, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but fortunately, he's, he's never not been in the best shape of his life. Uh, last yeah, I question. Say, I don't know what it looks like otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I said, like, it, it, this is in the weeds, but I saw Alex Benellis. He has won uh, for Red Sox prospect best shape of his life. Either You can say it, and then you yeah. can prove it. But, uh, sure, and, you know, sure, and, you're, sure. and listen, you, you look good, too. Good job. Um, so. Sure. The last, the last, the last thing is, uh, is not, is not a Tuesday. It's not a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Talking to Pete Fatsy, the Red Sox hitting coach, without asking about Yoshida because he's the evolution of Yoshida last year was really, really interesting. And and I know that you won't take this compliment, but I think that you did a good job of sort of tweaking things so he has some success. He did obviously a good job of adjusting. There's always an adjustment coming over here. Talking to him or whatever communication you had him in the off season, getting here, what where are we at with Masa Yoshida? Yeah, I think the first thing is you acknowledge that he there's a lot of firsts, right? I mean, anytime, and we're talking just first, you know, travel and uh, completely different culture and you know, getting acclimated to the league itself, it's a, it's a big task to take on. And so I think for him um, coming over and obviously with the profile that he had and. Um, it was a lot of learning that first year. So I think number one, he's well, he's well equipped um, to kind of manage that. Maybe I don't want to say better, but just differently. Um, and I think ultimately that starts with the body, right? Like he had it, he was, he was performing really well, um, hitting the ball hard, making good decisions. And I think he kind of wore down physically towards the end of the year. And um, you start to see his kind of lines go a different direction. So I think for me, it's just, it's really about the body and making sure he's physically in a good place and ready to go. Um, and honestly, he's, he's only been here a couple of days, you know, but he, he looks good for me. Obviously, he's got some, some intake stuff the next couple of days, but, um, you know, early indications are good. And, and we set out a plan early, you know, I think it was November, about areas of opportunity for him going into the offseason, and uh, he ran with him. So I, I leaned heavily on our, uh, on our uh, sport medical group who had a lot more direct lines of communication to him while he was in Japan, and um, we were kind of using, you know, accusing them to kind of get him the information we needed and the videos of the different drills. And, um, yeah, he's been working hard on them all off season. So we're expected, we're expecting big things from him. All right. Pete Fassi, friend of the brand, always, always a pleasure and a privilege. And, and, uh, your brother also give a shout out to DJ who is, uh, is, is a rising <laughs> star in the, in the rising star in the podcast community, or it will be anyway in the coming <laughs> 2024 season. But, uh, I really appreciate Pete. Always good talk with you. And, um, and I'll see you probably tomorrow morning. All right, no doubt. Thank you again, Rob. All right, all right. Pete Fassi, hitting coach for the Boston Red Sox, joins us. Uh, so I, I love talking that stuff. People don't understand the dynamic. Of when you walk into the spring training complex, right there, the hitting cages are right there, and, and you're two feet away from it, and all the contraptions in there. And I know that maybe people were listening, thinking, oh, we're getting wonky with these machines. But I think you have to understand, the thing that we were talking about is next. Like Joe, Joe Braverman, okay? You're there, Joe? Joe, oh, well, okay, Joe Braverman, maybe not there. But the fact is, is that that you have this these contraptions, that you have this next level technology. We so focus so much on pitchers, but the ability to use a thing that is basically like an image of a pitcher. Basically like taking that new uh, Apple virtual reality thing and basically playing there. But So I don't know if that trans- translated, Joe, in terms of like making people understand what a big swing this is. Matt Strom came on the podcast and was apoplectic about it. He's like, this is unfair to pitchers. And now we're just we're just kicking off the conversation. All right. Well, speaking of kicking off the conversation, we got another player coming up after the break. Uh, Von Grissom. Von Grissom is going to be calling in, obviously, also from down with the Red Sox clubhouse. It's the the cavalcade of stars just keeps on coming. Do we have Jeff in Watertown there, Joe? All right. Well, listen. There's no better way to ease into a Von Grissom interview, and then we'll get the Trevor Story interview. Then we'll get to the Play Tessie guys. We got. We still have to break down the John Schreiber. We got to take more and more of your calls. But really, it's been a little bit tardy in terms of actually kicking off this show because it's been so much going on. But now, everyone, take a deep breath. Now we officially. It's like christening the bow of a boat. Jeff in Watertown. What's going on, Jeff? Happy New Year, Brad. Happy, <laughs> happy spring training. How are we doing? It's happy New, new Year. Like, yeah, yeah, happy, 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 new year, base, happy new baseball. Happy, happy new baseball, baseball season. Yeah, listen, I yeah, am yeah. I am sitting at JetBlue Park, 
and I'm overlooking the outfield where for some reason there's moon bounces and it's it's a fun day for the kids and everything else. Uh, The Red Sox have made a trade. Uh, we actually are talking to baseball players. The debate players is over here. between eight mile, eight mile, and the eight mile. That, that debate eight, is over. Uh, no, I mean I have to let the fine people of Kansas City know that eight mile is is a good guy and a good pitcher. But I do f- find this interesting. That that trade is there's a lot. I'm looking at social media, and yep. the reaction to it is so all over the place. Because there's this, Jeff, and I don't know that you, you have stuff to tell me, but I value your opinion and value your ear when it comes to this stuff, is that there's the, what are you doing? You're trading a major leaguer for a guy who hasn't pitched above single A. And then you have the other people, and, and by the way, he has three years of control. And then you have the other people who are saying, you're trading a 30-year-old relief pitcher for a guy who's going to start in the major leagues in a rotation in a couple of years. So it is, it is really interesting seeing the reaction to this. But the floor is yours, Jeff. What's going on? Well, I just, you know, it's one thing to think long term. If you, you know, if you didn't have already two years of people kicking the can down the, you know, you know down the road and saying, oh, we're, gonna, we're getting there, we're getting there. So now it's, it's kind of hard to get excited about a single-A pitcher. Whereas, you know, a couple of years ago, I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. But, uh, but to me, it's just more of the same. So it's, I can't get too excited. But you know, it's bad when, when you're thinking to, to yourself that like, like maybe this Netflix series is a good thing because they'll put the spotlight on the team and maybe they'll, they'll shame them into doing something. Like, I'm thinking like the last two years, if you had a Netflix crew, like what would be like the, the dramatic storylines? Like, you know, Tristan Carson going shirtless in the outfield and the controversy or, or executives not getting their call, their phone calls returned, you know, because, uh, you know, they're, they're offering too low a bid. Like, I, like, where is the excitement? Where's the drama? So I'm hoping that at least the show, which I normally wouldn't care about. Maybe they're going to shame them into doing something uh, because I just can't imagine. Like, where's the excitement going to be? Like, oh, oh well, but Jeff, picture, you know. But Jeff, this is what this is what my initial take on it was. The first thing you have to find out is who has Final Cut, who has editing say. They say yeah. Netflix has it all. They don't have any. All right, that's step one. And if and this is not Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks is an NFL films thing, right? Yeah. This is not behind the there. B. Behind the B is a Bruins thing. This is yep. this is a Netflix thing, and if you want to go back to you ask like, well, why are we going to care about this guy or that guy? Well, look at the ones that this director has done. They has done Last Chance You, and for instance, I'll, I'll stop there, where you have this JUCO basketball team, and the coach yep. is a I almost swore is a lunatic, is a lunatic, <laughs> and you're like, and and you come away like. That guy, what what a jerk he is, or that guy, that player, like what an idiot he is, and it's in all these ones that this director has done, the cheerleading one, the last chance you one, wrestling one, all of them, you have been interested in people you wouldn't think could be interested, and more importantly, they have not shied away from the flaws in in these personalities, which I think is great. I think that is intriguing, but it's unfortunate the Red Sox are now like being compared to like a you know junior college you know team, yeah, you know what I mean? like, or, or cheerleaders. Like you know, it's like it's like like, like like they used to be the Red Sox. You know, it used to be like you know this is one of the most important franchises in baseball, and now it's like oh they're kind of an interesting side story. I mean that's that's what it feels like. But uh, the other thing is like I'm glad you brought up because I wanted to talk to you before Freddie's just because I wanted you to ask about Yoshida because I am so down on him. Like first of all, he just has like high and bloom all over him. So I'm just like, you know, I'm just sort of disgusted that, you know, we're spending $50 million on this. This was his guy. This was the move that he made when we're pinching pennies everywhere else. We're going to trade, you know, Kenley Jansen or whatever. Uh, but we're going to pay this guy $50 million. So I'm glad you at least asked about him. And, uh, uh, you, know, I'm wondering, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, but, you know, him in the DH role, I, I, you know, I'm just I'm disgusted. Yeah. I really am. This is like one of the, you know, the lowest points I can remember going into spring trading. I just feel like, like, uh Again, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that this series will shame them. I'm hoping that with the cameras on, you know, maybe they'll try to do something dramatic to to help the team because otherwise I think it's just going to be more of the same. You know, well we were in on this guy, we tried to make a move, nothing was really available, but you know, next year we're going to be really good. And Marcel Mayer is coming along, and maybe in three years we'll make it to the major leagues. I mean, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, know, yeah. Like, I mean, the you really Jeff. The, thanks for the call, Jeff, and, and I look forward to talking to you on Saturdays every single day, every single week. Um, but. You know, the Yoshida one is interesting because you can't think that they said, okay, we're going to pay $80 million for a DH. No, they thought that the, the guy was going to be able to field his position, and, and he does his best, but athletically, 
you know, you just can't have a good outfield defense unless you have just insane other two outfielders around him. Then you, you just can't put him out there. And he probably his best spot is DH. But is he going to hit for enough for DH? You're paying him more than you would typically for any DH. So there's a lot. To, Yushin is just one thing to talk about. The Schreiber trade, uh, get to all that. But as I said, a guy who has been uh, offering some intrigue and potentially some excitement is Vaughn Grissom. The, Vaughn, the biggest trade of the Red Sox offseason, Chris Sale for Vaughn Grissom. Vaughn Grissom is going to be joining us coming up. First, we're going to take this break. 617-779-7937. Be back after this. Uh, 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 Man, Madley, who could play uh, all over the field and offered a ton of versatility, but is likely most uh, most likely to settle in at, at second base. Um, you know, as someone with with a really strong right-handed bat who's been an elite performer in the minor leagues, and someone who comes with with six years of control. Uh, you know, as I've I've talked long about the exciting emerging core of players around whom we want to build. Uh, that that group is growing, and and you know would certainly count uh, Vaughn in in that group. All right, that's Craig Breslow, chief baseball officer. After making the trade with the Atlanta Braves, Chris Sale for Vaughn Grissom. And I, I genuinely believe, you know, in this, in this, what has been somewhat of a sad trombone of an offseason in some ways, this has been the most exciting move. This has been the most exciting move for Red Sox fans. And this isn't no knock on Chris Sale. Chris Sale, uh, I think he's actually going to have a great year. He said, uh, I think he was just at Braves camp and said this this is the whatever the best he felt or the most optimistic he felt in the last six years and that's great i mean i hope the best for him he's a gamer he's a good teammate and uh but but i think that the 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 thing that excites red sox fans is not only that you get von grissom back uh for the potential but for the here and the now and coincidentally on the harbor one hotline we have von grissom hey von how you doing rob bradford here welcome to baseballs and boring you there von Oh, oh, here we oh. are. Hey, yeah. there you go. Sorry, all right. Hear the phone right when you're saying that. That's okay. All right. How you doing? All right. Good. Yes, sir. Pretty good. Right. How about yourself? Good. This is how it works. I go and hand you a baseballs and boring sticker, and then you come on the radio on the show. So I appreciate you coming on, taking a few <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, good. but uh, so. What has it been like? So you you go through, obviously, spring trainings with the Braves and and as a prospect and a young player and everything else, but this is dramatically different in so many ways. And it's only been a couple days. Officially, it's not even spring training for you yet. But how has it felt with whatever you want to say, with the expectations, with the newness, with the new teammates, with the the, the next step in your progression of your, your existence? How does it feel for you right now? Uh, honestly, it feels pretty good. Uh, you know, I get a clean slate. You know, I get to be who I want to be. You know, and everything everything's new. So, uh, obviously, learning the the guys and and uh, the coaches and everything like that is is difficult at first. But you know, that's why we're here early, trying to get in rhythms and uh, you know, just see what we can do and see how I can help. Well, so when you're going through your evolution, you're obviously a top prospect in the Brave system, but still, the veteran team, this guy signed there long term, you're, you're fiddling with playing the outfield a little bit, you, and you're, you're probably trying to think, this is best case scenario, I'm going to do whatever I can, but still, there wasn't that logical path. Vaughn, your logical path is right here, man. Like, it's right here. They trade for you. They say you are going to get the opportunity to be the everyday starting second baseman. That must be just a huge weight off for you, right? Uh, yes and no. I Honestly, I don't really think about it. I feel like, uh, no offense, but most of the reporters are the ones that think about that. And, you know, people of the – you know, that's not in the game. A lot of people mention that, like, oh, my probably feels good, right? But uh, honestly, don't think about it. Um, obviously, it's, it's definitely a great opportunity to be here. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm a ball player, so whatever you need out of me, you know, that I'm not in charge. You know, you put me where, you know, where I'm needed. But I'm definitely, definitely super excited to, to have this uh, opportunity. But I don't like to think of anything like, you know, no pressure is off. Like you still gotta focus and grind and earn it. So, 
That is a fair statement to call my question stupid. I don't know you didn't do that, but I I take that. I own that. Um, but but you know this is this is this is this is our lot in life, right? Where we're trying to figure no, out. For so- sure, everyone's everyone's been asking me if it's like a weight <laughs> off my shoulders, but I just don't feel that way personally. No, no, I I hear you, I, and I think it's good. I mean, that's the mentality. And, and listen, I can separate the two of of the storylines and the reality of how you feel because it's how you feel. And and I think that it's it's just a great opportunity for you. And this is what I guess what I'm saying. No matter what it is, no matter uh, what position it is, where you're hitting the lineup, wherever it is, it's a great opportunity for you. And, and also, in, in terms of you evolution as a baseball player, and this is a cliche question, but compared to a year ago when you're uh, up in Northport, which is about an hour north, compared to a year ago, how have you changed as a baseball player? How much more advanced do you feel as a baseball player right now than just a year ago? That's a interesting question. I actually was kind of pondering on my mind yesterday that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why what happened in the last year. Obviously not, not a ton like in the big leagues or anything like that, but I feel a lot more confident. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I feel – like I have a little bit more experience. I don't know. I, I feel comfortable out there. Obviously, it's a it's a new group, so I can kind of, like I said, re- relax a little bit and just play my game instead of like knowing that there's a maybe a stigma or or whatever. I don't know. Like you know somebody for five years, you obviously you know see a little bit more than other people do. But uh, yeah, being here, a new face and everything, it, it feels good just to be able to relax a little bit and, and play ball. See, there you go. I'm one for two. That was a good question. I like it. So there's, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, here, here's another good question I feel like. Vaughn Grissom joins us. Is that I was talking to Trevor Story this morning, and a lot has been made of, um, of Xander Bogarts moving to second base. Trevor moved from shortstop to second base uh, a couple of years ago, and now he's back at shortstop. You're a big guy. I mean, you're you are like your Bogarts, uh, and so what is the what is the intricacies that you have seen so far in terms of making that move? And obviously, like I said, it's in the news because Bogarts is doing it, but it was in the news before because you're doing it. So what for what for you are some of the things that you're like? Okay, this is a little bit different. This is a little bit different. Uh, I guess the really the only thing that's like way different is. The backhands, you know, the backhands, you're, you you got to turn all the way around versus shortstop. It's kind of it's not in front of you, but you can kind of move your feet to, you know, make your momentum towards first base. I guess second base is a little bit more stop yourself, turn around, you know, on like the deep, deep backhands. But uh, everything else is pretty, pretty similar, you know. I mean, obviously the ball's coming off right-handers' bats with like a little, little slice or – Vice versa, the lefties have a little bit of hook, but um, uh, it's kind of a mirror. So it's uh, you know, it's, it's it's relatively the same. But like I said, those, those the backhand is just a you're in a whole different position with your feet, I guess. But uh, yeah, okay, you know that's something I'm gonna be asking Pedroia about here when he gets here. So ooh, I mean Pedroia, Pedroia is about half your size, and, and less, don't don't ask Pedroia. Come on. <laughs> Come on, I mean, but but in, in all seriousness, like you're you're a big you're a big guy you're a big guy even for a shortstop. I mean, it's it's like how is I don't know if you pattern yourself if you looked up to anybody when when you were coming up. And I know that this is another cliche question that you've probably been asked before, but I'm interested in it. Is that Bogarts is a big guy? Go back, Cal Ripken is a big guy. A Rod's a big guy. Like, is there anyone you said, hey, you know what? I like the way they they control their actions as a big guy and a middle infielder. Um, um, not not like growing up. I just didn't watch a ton of baseball like that. Obviously, like I saw more so highlights than um, sit down and like pick the player. It was just more of a, like a fun game for me, you know. Um, I think whenever I started learning learning the game a little bit, I realized that uh, Correa Correa was up there with me, you know, in the in the height section. I guess, um, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I guess my, the favorite one of my favorites was uh, Ben Zobris, but obviously it, that's he has nothing to do with the height and and the physicality that you know. No, I he's, may a, have, he's a big but, guy. Uh, he's a big guy. No, no, that's a good one. It's a good one. 
Yeah. Bends over because it's because he played everywhere too, and he's a grinder. So I, I like that about him. But um, yeah, the Correa Correa one is is right out there with him. People think he's a you know pretty big shortstop. All right. Well, hey, listen, Vaughn. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes here. I know that you had a, a workout all day long, and and uh, we look forward to talking with you this year. We look forward to watching you play, and um, yeah, and good stuff. And don't again, don't take any advice from Pedroia. Do the opposite of Pedroia. I'm just as as somebody no. covered Pedroia. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But Vaughn, thanks so much. Yeah. I look forward to, look forward to talking with you in the future. Thanks, man. Oh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. All right, that was Vaughn Grissom. I think I legitimately, and Joe, you tell me. I mean, I think the, the, of all the sad trombone, this is the Red Sox offseason. That is one guy that people actually say, I want to see that guy play. Yes, I, I am very that. excited to see what he can do. It was tough to see Chris Sale go, uh, considering that they did need starting pitching and probably still do. But I think that's going to be a bright spot in what could be a bleak Red Sox season. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I think Chris Sale's going to have a good year. But at least it adds some intrigue. All right, speaking of intrigue, the intrigue of the show, Baseball's and Boring, it marches on. We've already had a great first hour. We had Pete Fatsy, Red Sox hitting coach. We had Vaughn Grissom, Red Sox second baseman. We had Jeff in Watertown, Chris in the ship here with his first call of the, uh, of the season. I'm Rob Bradford. That's Joe Brayman. we got a lot more coming up. We have Trevor Story for, uh, a, a, I thought, a very insightful interview about his leadership and how he viewed the Bogarts move. You're not going to want to miss that. And at 2 o'clock, the Play Tessie guys. The Play Tessie guys. The voice of the fans. The Play Tessie guys are going to be joining us in studio at 2 o'clock. So we got a lot coming up. This is Baseball Isn't Boring. I'm Rob Bradford. Be back after this. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.